As a seasoned professional, I never like to let the side down, but I must admit today my podcast with Terry, head coach of the New South Wales country, got me scrambled a little bit and I made a mistake and referred to him as the head coach of New South Wales. So you'll hear that early on in the podcast. Please excuse me. I'll never let you down again. Enjoy. Our team previews continue to roll on, and today I think we've got our most seasoned campaigner, Terry Pierce, under-16 head coach from New South Wales. Terry tells me offline as we we try to make modern technology work for us unsuccessfully, um, Terry tells me this, this will be his 17th national tournament campaign. Terry, welcome. Thanks for coming along. Okay, thank you, Stu. And I've got to ask, why do you keep going back to these things, mate? You're a sucker for punishment. I think that um, uh, I, in fact, uh, retired in uh, 2020 and um, found that um, just going along, uh, because I let my accreditation expire, and I found that just going along and throwing BP and hitting drills for my local club, summer and winter, um, could have sort of uh, kept my interest going, but was just wasn't satisfying, I'm afraid. So um, I was spending too much time at home because um, I'm retired. And I thought, okay. Um, so I redid my accreditation, applied for the, the Country 16s because um, over the years, um, I've always continued coaching at club level. But I saw that as uh, seniors and juniors, but I always saw that as a penance because I really do enjoy uh, coaching uh, elite athletes. And um, the real challenge was coaching elite athletes uh, for country as they come from all over New South Wales. Yeah, I've spoken to a couple of coaches um, from ACT and, and the New South Wales country squad, and obviously there is challenges where you're trying to take a team away to a national tournament and you're you're blending kids, and, and in many instances, first time you meet the kid is day one of the tournament. So uh, it must be nice to have a uh, have a squad that is all your own. Um, I, I'm very interested to talk to you, since you've been a seasoned campaigner, very interested to talk to you about how teams and team selection has changed over the years, and not without without sort of reminiscing too much. Like, do, do you have yes, sort yes. of – do you remember or do you – do you have any sort of strong thoughts on how teams and team selections have changed over the year? Was the talent richer 10 years ago? Um, is the talent richer now? What's the state of the game as you see it, Terry? Okay. Um, I had um, probably just over 10 years ago now, um, I was coaching um, a Central Coast team and uh, it was called the Colonials. And uh, we used to put, um, we had first, second and third grade and an under 18 side in the, uh, playing in the, um, um, uh, the, the, the New South Wales Baseball League. And so um, the team that I had was all country players. And of that, 14 of them were um were New South Wales country players, and three of them were Australian players. Mm. 
that was the sort of standard that, that we had um, back in those days. And also, um, to pick that team, um, we have a country championships, and from that we select uh, a group of, of, of uh, people that would be eligible and be competitive at uh, a nationals level. And then we had had two weeks of trials and eventually, you know, could, could pick that team. Um, these, <laughs> I have to say, I'm, uh, it's, I had, yeah, I had to say that this game is dying on its feet. But now, uh, for example, um, the country championships back in those days consisted of two divisions, six teams uh, in each division. And the bottom team in the top division was automatically dropped the next year, and then the the uh, bottom the top team in the bottom division was automatically promoted. So this really gave all the districts um, the opportunity to have something to aim for to get into play in that top division and, pl- and play play the best in New South Wales. We had a country championships just um, two months ago, and that consisted of. Four teams mm. only, and um, uh, uh, from that, um, I picked um, picked Ace A squad to trial. We we trialed over one weekend, and um, I, to be to be to be honest, um, I won't, and I um, yeah, I will never take away. Um, Purely a, a squad, a, a team of twenty players, because that's the minimum number of players. You must take twenty players. I won't take twenty players away, and uh, have um, a substandard team that's going to get their ass handed to them um, every every game. So uh, we had for the past probably five or six years, we have an arrangement with New South Wales. Um, they pick their uh, their team. Uh, we pick our team. And if I need two, three, four, five players, specific players, either positional players or extra pitching staff, which is really where we do fall down in country, um, and that's how we come up uh, with the uh, the final twenty uh, for the country team. Now. Um, it is necessary, and the same goes for the for the under 18s as well. The under 18 coach who was who was coached uh, longer than me, um, four years longer than me, uh, will have the same problems. Now, do, so that's how I see yeah, the, I do, the standard failing. Yeah, I do claim to be the ultimate professional, <clears throat> and I've completely cocked up on two two levels. I did introduce you as the New South Wales under 16 coach. I should have said New South Wales country. <clears throat> and I also claimed that Absolutely. you were the most seasoned campaigner and you've just blown me out of the water because it seems like Ian Hook's got a couple of years on you as well. So, uh, um, um, yes, uh, yes. It could be easier for me to hit turn the record button off and start again, but I'm going to press on because <laughs> I'm a total professional. Um, so without going too much into it, do you think do you think there's less kids playing baseball because there's too many other things to do? Is that is that why numbers appear to be down, yeah. particularly in the country areas? What is What are your thoughts on that? I have um, I have found uh, over the years that it's not only baseball. Um, of course, uh, being a, a summer sport now because 
we couldn't compete with um, you know rugby league and rugby union and um, uh, which is what the schools or soccer, which the schools seem to to concentrate on with their athletes. And so changing at the summer did give us some opportunity. And um, over the years we've have have had qu- yeah I'll say quite a few uh, cricket players that have come over to the dark side. Uh, and play baseball. The parents are not happy with that because it's um, a two two and a half hour game. Um, they don't have to sit there all day and watch their kids standing around in the, in the field doing nothing. So, um, and also the um, uh, the earlier development games of um, t-ball and mod ball, uh, zuka, and those sorts of things are much more entertaining uh, and and uh, exciting to watch uh, than a cricket match. So. We thought that we'd uh, get a few more uh, players over from that, but um, I've spoken to um, uh, one of my dad's, uh, his, uh, uh, his, his um, uh, grandfather was Alan Davidson. So, of course, that's a cricketing family, you know, blue, blue and blue sort of thing. And uh, he said that they are struggling even to, to make, you know, 11 for a team now as well. I believe it's all sports. Mm. that are really suffering, you know. Um, I'm, I'm, I live at uh, King Tumber, which is very close to Avoca Beach, so um, um, I, I, I expect that, that quite a few of the guys on the coast, you know, you know surf as well. But um, it, it just seems to be sport is not, um, you know, I don't know if it's compulsory in, in schools. That was when I went to high school and primary school. And um, I don't know if there's enough emphasis, you know, on on exactly how important um, playing a sport is as far as uh, the development of your, your character. You know, you, you have to learn how to lose. You have to, you know, um, know how to handle, you know, being a winner. Mm. Um, so, yeah, um, I do believe that all sports are suffering. We can do the Stu and Terry Fix Sport podcast perhaps at another time now that we've got our rapport going, but um, I think we probably should, and I could chat with you for ages about that very topic because it's something that yep, yep. I've seen, but I think most of the uh, most of the listeners are here to sort of hear about the squad and, and some of your thoughts on, yes, on yes. the tournament. So uh, let's dive into it. How, how do you go about picking um, a team where you know you'll be Effectively borrowing players from from other states or uh, areas. How, how when did that when did the selection process start, Terry? And and then when did you realise? Look, we're going to have to cherry pick some players from here and there, and this is how we're going to make up the squad. Okay. Um, what what is what is even more difficult now, as far as uh, selection is concerned, is that uh, back in the uh, early days, in inverted commas, um, this, this tournament. Uh, to me, was a true national tournament. Um, I've I've taken teams to uh, Perth, to um, Queensland, to uh, Victoria. Um, I'll just put in a a, a bit of a um, um, uh, how can I put it? Um, Geelong is probably the the best venue that I've ever seen. It's absolutely fantastic, but. For some reason or other, because I don't know, people don't make money out of it. Nobody wants to sponsor it. So now, instead of a ten-day tournament where um, uh, there were, a, I have a thirty-three-page document which tells me all the things that I can't do, 
and all the things that I need to do uh, to qualify these 20 players, uh, we now have a five-day tournament. Um, so we're playing double headers every day. So it ex- the selection process now is that you have to pick um, your positional players, if you can, uh, and then support that with pitching staff that also has to be able to play uh, a position as well. And um, because to qualify, under-16s cannot qualify as a pitcher. They can only uh, qualify with uh, playing um, at least three games in the field and um, uh, and then some of their uh, uh, pitching uh, can help you qualify. You could use it as a designated hitter in two games. And the, the rules and regulations now are just so strong that I've already told Baseball New South Wales I cannot qualify players in a five-day carnival where you play nine games because the rest periods for pitching is restrictive. You know, um, you just can't fit in, in that short time frame your, your players to be able to um, compete in the field as well as do their, their pitching uh, requirements. So the most important thing when you when you actually select, so I will. Um, I went to the country championships as I select, said. Um, I had a, uh, a registration sheet. I said, put down your first position and your second position. They were trialled in both of those positions over that day, and uh, we also uh, had to um, put through and let them hit as well because it's a it's a two headed coin. You know the guys have got to hit as well as be strong in either fielding and pitching. I then picked the, the the strongest and the ones that I knew would be competitive with development over the two months that I trained them. Every Sunday, so I got guys travelling from Lismore that are coming down uh, every every second Sunday to to um, to train. So that's the sort of commitment country people have to make. Mm. So once I picked that team then, then I know that um, I knew that I needed an, a, an extra um, six pitches that could play in the field. So I then went to Baseball New South Wales, said that's what I need, and um, that's what they supplied me. And then how do you fold, I'm assuming those kids are sort of from the metro area, then how do you fold them yes. into your training program as well? They're travelling to you or are you sort of letting them train? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah, what they do is um, uh, I run um, um, I run a, a session on a Thursday night, which is the under-16 uh, Central Coast and Newcastle players. The Newcastle players travel to the Central Coast and we train for three hours. Um, I expect that the other regional players, and so those six New South Wales players are regional players for me, they have their own training sessions with their own club at least once a week. And um, they also have the advantage that they're also playing um, state league or, or playing in a competition in Sydney, uh, which the country people don't. Mm. So um, we, um, I depend entirely on these guys coming and I get as many as I can there on a Sunday. The New South Wales guys have been fantastic. You know, five out of six have turned up every Sunday. Yeah, right. So, and um, they're, they're, 
from from what the parents have said, uh, they're really enjoying it. They've melded with you know with the guys, and um, um, we've we've got a um, uh, a very very good team environment, and the parents are really supportive and great again this year. So um, we have to uh, at a I've done um, six Sundays in a row now, and uh, and then last Sunday I said right. Um, as far as uh, as knowledge wise, um, the, the three coaches that you have, all seasoned coaches, we've shown you, taught you, and discussed with you um, everything that we know. Everything that we know now, we've now passed on to you. Now it's all execution. So last Sunday, I scrimmaged. We played a, a double header against each other. Next Sunday, we're going to do the same, and then. The two Wednesdays before Christmas, we're to come down and play double headers against New South Wales, where we will really find out exactly where we stand for, the, for, for this coming up nationals. Mm. The um, I'm always interested. There's obviously the kids that you're picking up from the New South Wales area who didn't make their under sixteen team. Yes. In your experience, have you ever had some kids that have? You know, there's going to be some that have like I've got a chip on my shoulder. I've got something to prove. But have you ever had? Have you ever picked up? a player or a couple of players and thought, geez, they should have made the, the actual New South Wales team. They just had such a good tournament. Have you seen kids have really sort of taken uh, the disappointment of not making their representative squad come and play with you and then use that as a springboard to really show yeah. themselves? What, um, uh, what, I, what I like to say to them is uh, the same as, as my guys, that basically uh, we have nothing to – to prove against anybody, all right? It doesn't matter who we play. It's just another uniform. So um, the way that I train them is I, ha- I hope to be remembered as being hard but fair. And we really do work hard. I just slog them. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and um, uh, because the whole idea is uh, they're not gonna, no one's going to say, oh, this, this is country. We'll take it easy on them. You know, everyone is, everyone is out. We're one of the teams that they have to beat if they want to make the top four, okay? So um, I use uh, a team approach always, you know. Um, it's it's more a um, – if you're not willing to, to, you know, like take a ground ball in the face, pick it up, throw the guy out, and then we'll come out and see how you are. If you're not willing to do that for this team, then perhaps you shouldn't be here. And so the New South Wales guys, I've said to them, you have nothing to prove. You know, if you think that you've been um, hardly done by, then you keep that internally, but don't bring that, you know, uh, and and spread that through the team as well to help, you know, support you. So everything that I do, uh, every sentence that I say finishes with team. You know, I, uh, I, I don't know if these, they probably think I'm just a, you know, a silly old dude anyway, but I, um, uh, I've said to them at day one, I would rather have a champion team than a team of champions. And I use those uh, sorts of sayings um, through all of our training sessions. Um, For example, last week, and I wouldn't use it before because you can't put an expectation on a group of guys, you know, uh, if, if... Secretly, you know in your heart that, that, you know, they just can't do it. But last week, I used this one, all right? Nobody trains for second place. 
go away and think about that. <laughs> but I think it, I think the conversation we had started off with about participation and whatnot. I think that's that's the piece that I th- I think young parents and probably more so their parents are perhaps missing that there is value in playing team sport and there is value like there are many teams yeah. and we've just we've seen it in baseball even at the professional level te- <clears throat> teams that didn't have the best winning record heading into the playoffs and then they roll they just come together at the right time they get some momentum yep. and they roll through and they're just a group of guys all doing their job so I think you know there, there obviously is challenges with the way you have to go about it because you're introducing players and there's not you know, p- players are making sacrifices to be there. But for teams like yours to win tournaments like this, it is a collective effort. And I think that's sort of really important yeah. messaging uh, to continue to pass on, on to players. Um, the, I suppose the, the, I'm always really fascinated talking to coaches about the strategy of tournament baseball. And I, it, it's a question I ask a lot on these podcasts, but, you know, you're taking a team in and, and, I think from an outsider's perspective, you know, like I've, when I've sort of spoken to coaches off the record, like no one said, oh, New South Wales country, the team to watch out for. I think the the country teams mm-hmm. are the ones where, you know, can get hot and can win. But, you know, you, you as a coach want to go into the tournament believing we can win this thing or we can give it a shake. How do you go about structuring um, pitching rotations? And, and, you know, you've got to meet these mm-hmm. playing requirements. But as a coach and a coaching staff, how do you – how do you plan out how you're going to attack this thing? Okay. So first of all, um, um, I'll, I'll rate and um, I'll make some phone calls to people that I've sort of known over the years and I'll try and rate the teams uh, before the carnival starts. That's the first thing. The next thing, I get the draw. Um, what I then do is, Basically, as a member, I, I told you about the, the pitching restrictions mm-hmm. and uh, the participation rules and everything like that. Yeah. I have sent, uh, I don't do it anymore, but uh, for probably three or four years after the tournament was completed, I would I sent um, a very nicely worded email to um, the ABL saying that <clears> – <throat> 99% of the decisions I make as a head coach have nothing to do with me being able to have an effect uh, on the outcome uh, of any particular game. And the reason for that is, for example, if I have a pitcher, you know, who just can't find it, you know, can't, I have to leave him on there until he's thrown at least 45 pitches before I take him out of the game. Otherwise, none of that, none of that uh, outing will contribute to his um, qualifying. Okay? So if, if I have a guy in the field that starts the game that is just having a bad day, the ball's just finding him all the time, you know, and and, and maybe he's, he's, he's not having a good day in the batting box. I have to leave him in the game for five out of the seven innings because if I take him out, then none of that, none of that uh, uh, contributes towards his participation. Uh, I, I do a matrix of all the games where everyone is playing, their pitching assignments, to, so that I can try, I try and work out 
um, that, uh, that 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 each and every player in in, in uh, a nine uh, nine games. There's actually ten games if you make the medals, but um, I, I've got to aim for the nine game scenario, and I have to qualify every player in four full games. So you see how mm. you know. I mean, I would love to 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 to, to make a. Um, you know, I've got a runner on three, can't run for nuts sort of thing. So I pull him out in the game situation. Um, I put in a runner. Now I've taken that guy out of the game. If he hasn't played five full innings, then all of all of that uh, pre-existing um, uh, that he's put into that game doesn't count. So that, that's why the rules and regulations are so strict and so difficult. Just imagine that. Over a 10-day, it was hard enough. Imagine it crammed into five days now. You're in the dugout with your laptop and an Excel spreadsheet trying to keep track of it. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I would if I could. But, um, you know, I actually said to my guys one day uh, at training, when are you guys going to get me a piece of uh, a carbon paper? (laughs) And not one of them knew what I was talking about. You're showing your age there with carbon paper. So let's um, let's talk about the team a little bit. Who um, yeah. and feel free to, to name names. Like you know, if there's kids listening, they always like to hear their names. But who are the kids yeah. you're going to rely on to, um, you know, to keep you guys competitive? And and I suppose, do you see yourself? Are you a pitching team? Are you a hitting team? Defensive team? Where where are your strengths lie? All right. The um, probably the. The, the two principal um, people that I'll mention uh, are both country boys. Um, for me, uh, well, in any team, uh, the catchers are your um, defensive monitors. They run the games. I let them run the games. I let them call the games. Um, I know a lot of, even in, um, you know, in America, um, and I think some of the coaches um, like to... Um, to call the, the pitches, um, you know, through the catcher. And I strongly don't believe in that because the whole idea is that you, you're developing these people, you know, as players, as complete players. So I let my catchers run the game. I let them run the defense. Uh, I will give them signals for um, uh, runners, certain defensive plays like runners on first and third. Uh, and um, uh, advanced bunt defence, uh, r- run that through through the, the third baseman. So um, you have to have your um, um, your, your two catchers. Klein um, uh, Shiphorst is probably our number one catcher, and uh, King is is my um, uh, our second string catcher. Both very very close. Both very good defensively. Um, uh, one probably may be slightly stronger than the other hitting wise, but uh, pretty well. Uh, what well, every year, uh, and I, I've always taken this um, this approach. Um, I have a. I will, I will contend that that my uh, defensive team and our defensive approach uh, will be as good as anybody else's. Yes. Um, we, we virtually use the same playbook which is put out by um, the ABL, you know, and adopted, you know, through the States anyway. So we all take the same approach. But I spend, uh, for example, if I have an eight-hour training session, uh, five hours is devoted to um, uh, defence 
pitching, you know, throwing bullpens. And, um, and then, um, the last three hours we hit. Um, I believe that you can teach, and this is just a personal thing. I believe you can teach people how to, to field, to defend, how to be really gutsy in the field. You know, just if you miss it, wear it, you know, and, uh, and then make the out. Um, hitting, I believe you have to have a really a good natural uh, mechanics. It's very hard to teach hitting for me. But um, uh, so what we concentrate on there is some good mechanics, and then and and maybe um, um, where, where to try and, and hit, you know, in, in, with runners in particular uh, situations. Um, so that that's the the offensive side of it. Well, I got no um, doubt. I think pit- I got no doubt you're good defensively because you did warn uh, people earlier on that if you're not prepared to take it off the mouth, you won't make the team. So yeah, you, absolutely, it comes as no surprise that you guys take defense yeah. seriously. Um, yeah, so like, what what does your team have to do well to win this tournament? Okay, um, consistency. Mm. The, play, the the teams that that, that win this tournament uh, are just consistent with what they do. Uh, now, for me, um, um, I, uh, we're going to have to uh, – our pitching staff, because, you know, we've got uh, number 21 to 26 when you consider um, uh, the players that I bought from New South Wales, you know. So I've got guys there that uh, can throw and probably have at least one other good, you know, change-up type of pitch, but they weren't picked for New South Wales because of velocity. Okay, so that automatically means to me, and I've said to these guys, this is why we've got to be so good defensively, is uh, everything's going to be coming off the bat at speed. Okay, so but just imagine how hard it is for a team to score a run if four guys have to hit in a row, safe hit in a row. So if you clean up uh, all of your um, uh, automatic uh, defensive outs, Routine outs. Uh, if, if your pitchers uh, are throwing um, uh, strikes um, with a, a very um, limited, hopefully no walks, um, that makes the uh, the opposition's job extremely hard. And then all I can do offensively, then if I can keep them to a low score, then um, getting on towards the end of the game, um, I'm a, I'm a great believer. Uh, in the Asian style of baseball, uh, particularly um, Japan. <clears throat> and uh, at the end of the game, um, if we're struggling, I'll play a short game. All right? Uh, people hate that. Um, me, I love it. You know, as soon as I get a runner in position, I move them over. You know, or I'll hit run them. You know, it's, to me, um, teams like New South Wales that are always extremely strong with a batting liner, um, uh, they wait for the beginnings because that's theoretically that that's that's how the game is played. Now you wait for that beginnings where um, they score four or five runs, you know, and um, and you're you're automatically in strike. That's what I've got to try and cut out of our game. You know, stop that beginning. Mm. Well, it's a t- it's a tried and tested formula, um, pitching and defense, and timely hitting. So, uh, if you get that down, you always give yourself a chance. Terry, I'm conscious sure. of our time, but since I've got a season campaigner on the call, I want to ask you one final question. 
Yeah. Who's the best player ever to come out of New South Wales country, in your opinion? Um, well, uh, Craig Anderson uh, from the Central Coast played uh, AAA. Uh, Adam Morrissey um, played um, AAA. Um, but the, probably the best of them all was uh, Chris Snelling, who actually made it to the bigs, uh, hit a home run, uh, first trip to bat. And then in uh, one of his uh, very early games, uh, he was on second. He was powering uh, around, and uh, the third base coach gave him a late call to stop. So he propped, uh, wrecked his knee, and uh, as hard as he might have tried, he never came back from that. But Chris Snelling was definitely, I mean, he, um, you know, he, was, um, he wasn't muscly, but he got, he was a centre fielder. That's all he ever wanted to play. He got great reads off the bat. He was quick, but shit, he could hit for a, for a smallish guy. You promised me you wouldn't swear and you let one slip in the uh, 32nd minute, but it was timely. Oh, and I? No, no, it was timely because I hadn't thought of the name Chris Snelling for quite some time, but that guy could flat out hit. So, uh, yeah, absolutely great that you brought it up. Terry, I really appreciate your time. Um You've done well for your first ever podcast, and we really appreciate it. And uh, oh, we wish you all the best over in, uh, in New South Wales in the tournament. Hopefully your team can avoid taking the ball off the mouth and catch it in the glove and, and, and play that pitching and defence you're talking about. So thank you very much. Okay, thank you, Stu. Listen, we won't be rated, but put a couple of bob on us anyway. <laughs> there it is. You heard it here, folks. Okay. <laughs>